Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. If you have your notes in your Brave Guide, um, (laughs) I want you to take them out. And I have several questions for you in regards to your ship. Here's the first question I have. If you're taking notes, would you write this down? Um, Is your ship big enough? Like, is your ship, is your life, the word ship is synonymous with the word life, is your ship big enough? Like, what I'm saying is, is your ship big enough to navigate the waves of life on your way to your destination? Because here's the reality, you have to understand this, that the size of your ship will determine the experience of your journey. Let me just unpack that. You see, the size of your ship is so important because it determines your experience in this journey called life. Several years ago, I got asked to go deep sea fishing, and and, uh, I did not realize that people who love to go deep sea fishing, they wake up at 3 a.m., they go to a gas station, that's where they buy their lunch, and they plan on being in the water from like 5 a.m. till 6 p.m. at night. They never told me that when I agreed to go deep sea fishing. And so we stop at this Hess station and I buy a sandwich that is probably a month old, a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, somebody give it up for Cool Ranch, and about eight Red Bulls. And the boat hits the water at around 4.45 and around 5.05 a.m. my food is gone for the day. I was in the sandwich I was in the Doritos. I had four Red Bulls in me, and I am feeling good. I am pumped. I am wired. I'm like, let's catch us some fish today. We get out on this boat, and I'm thinking it's a big boat. It's like a 35-foot boat, and I get onto this boat, and we leave the the marina, and we get out of the channel, and we get out into the open ocean, and as we are out in the open ocean, all I can think about is all the fish that I'm going to catch, all the marlin I'm going to catch, all of the grouper, and all of the mahi-mahi. I cannot wait to put my line in the water. I realized that the boat was... And as soon as we stopped, all of a sudden, I realized that the boat was just going like this. I mean, it wasn't like deadliest catch type of waves, but how many of you know it wasn't like kiddie pool waves either? Like, the boat was just going like this. And I realized rather quickly that I was not made for deep sea fishing. Anybody ever been seasick before? I'm on this boat. And it is just rocking with the waves. And I look over at the guys on the boat. There's four other guys on the boat. And I said, hey, y'all feel that? And they're like, feel what? I'm like, do you feel what is happening here? And they're like, no. I'm like, you don't feel these waves? And they're like, no, we don't feel anything. I'm like, well, do you feel what's going on in my stomach right now? Because I'm about to get sick. And man... I am thinking it is 6.45 a.m. I've got 11 hours and 15 minutes left of this. It wasn't too long before all of a sudden I'm puking over the side of the boat. I am seasick. One of the guys, he shines a flashlight on me because it's still dark. He's like, Pastor David, you look green, man. I'm like, bro, take me home. And they're like, oh, no, we don't go home for anybody. I'm like, you better call the Coast Guard because I'm jumping in the water. Pastor, there's sharks out there. Jesus, come back right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know what I, I experienced was on that journey with a smaller ship, I could feel every single wave as it hit the boat. But you know what I noticed? Several months later, Christina wanted to take a family vacation. And she said, let's take a Disney cruise. Yeah, anything with the word Disney in it is like magical, right? And so we, we get on this cruise ship, and in the back of my mind, all I can think about is how I got seasick. And I'm just like, man, this is going to be awesome. Kids, aren't you excited? And inside, I'm saying, Jesus, please help me. <laughs> and we go, and we're on this boat, and I realize that the size of the ship really matters when you're on the journey. 
Because the same size waves that affect the 35-foot boat does not even impact a ship, a Disney cruise liner that's hundreds of feet long with like slides on the top and Minnie and Mickey running around and buffet lines for days. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And we're on this boat and I can see the waves and they're huge waves and I'm like, I don't even feel like we're on a boat. You see, the size of your boat, the size of your ship will determine your experience on your journey called life. Let me just take it another step forward because some of you still don't understand. You see, in life, storms will happen. If you live very long, there will become times when you are living life and the waves will begin to swell and the winds will begin to blow and the storm is going to come. And if your life is small, if your ship is small, you're going to feel every ripple. You're going to feel every wave. But if you can develop a life that is huge in Christ, if you can say, God, make my ship bigger, make my life bigger. That is the reason why some people, they feel every ripple in life like all it takes is them posting something on social media and their best friend not liking it and all of a sudden they're like all offended like oh why don't you like me like that's a great picture i know you're envious i know that you wish you were eating here too why didn't you like my picture? i'm just and, and like a small little thing that's why some people who are always offended you ever know someone they're always offended and if they have nothing to be offended by they'll take on someone else's offense that's someone with a small ship. But have you noticed that there are people, I have known people, that they have had loved ones die. People walk out on them. People betray them. And they still will say, I know that my God is a faithful God. I still serve a good God. This wave is not going to affect my life. I'm still going to go forward. But then you got other people and the smallest thing, their life is like, oh my gosh. You see, in my life, I don't want to be somebody where every little storm in life throws me off of my direction in order for me to get to my destiny. And that's where some of us are. Come on, six o'clock. Can we not be honest for a moment that some of us, we keep setting out to the destination. We keep setting out to the journey. And all of a sudden, something unexpected in life happens and it totally throws you off course. You're involved in church, you go to church, you go to Brave Life, and all of a sudden, some person, something happens, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, I'm not even going to go to church anymore. And what you didn't realize is that you quit on God because your ship is too small. That is why we are this kind of church. Because I'm not interested in being a mamby-pamby pastor who's just led by the waves of culture and the trends of our culture that says, if you preach like that, people won't come. If you tell people the truth, they don't want to hear it. This place is bursting at the seams because we have our direction from God and it doesn't matter what culture says. It does not matter what culture approves. We will not back down. We will... Oh, somebody needs to get excited about the fact that we are called of God. People will tell you, why do you go to church all day on Sunday? Like you are crazy. No, 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 no. I'm not crazy. I know where my destination is. <laughs> I've had pastor friends that are like, for real, so you do Brave Life level two at 3.30 and level one? Like, when do you eat lunch? I'm like, I just squeeze it in on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, but what about your kids? Don't you feel? No, no, my kids are more on fire for God than I am. The reason why is because when you get a word from God, sir, come on, listen to me and you begin to focus on that word from God and you get a little bit of attitude and you tell the devil oh I don't care what temptation I don't care what bait you're going to use I'm not going that way I tried that way it led to heartbreak I tried that way it led to depression I tried that way I've tried everything the world has to offer 
That's why scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, if you can just taste the direction of God for your life tonight, brave church, you will say, I never want to deviate from the promise in the word of God ever again. I know where I'm going and I will not be tossed. But we have a generation of Christians in America that are wimps, man. Because (laughs) I'm trying to tell you, (laughs) just catching my breath. (laughs) Because we have we have layered your life and your podcast with a touchy-feely, just believe your best. And then when people face storms, they're like, how come the pastor never told me that there would be storms? I thought walking with Jesus was just a tiptoe through the tulips. Like, they never told me that the devil would be mad at me for taking brave life. They never told me that it would be a fight to get to a dinner party because where dinner parties meet, God collides when we're in relationship. They never told me. They never told me that coming on a Sunday night, that man, that, that man, I would be so excited, but every obstacle, come on, anybody ever have an obstacle on your way to church? Come on. We have every excuse, that good excuses that come against us because we just want you to feel good so that you come back next week. So we give you, I don't know if this is going to be tweetable or offensible, but I'm going to go there. A heroin doctrine to addict believers to a feel-good gospel. And we've got to come back on Sunday just to get our fix. Instead of the pastor coming up here. And looking at you and saying, I don't want to lead you to come get your fix on Sunday. I want to prepare you for battle on Monday. Oh, I want to make you the devil's worst enemy tomorrow morning. I want him to be so scared that you woke up. Oh, I want him to shake when he says, oh, there's a church in Miami that has action. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place tonight. Somebody give God a shout of praise right now. Give him praise. Give him praise. I don't even know where we are in our notes. How do I grow a bigger ship, Pastor? Glad you asked. George, what's going on? Y'all have to know, they don't teach you how to pastor a church like this in Bible college. I'm like, where was the class for like just impromptu Holy Spirit fire? Come on. I mean, we're just going to go with it. Sorry if it's awkward for you. We're still kind of working it out. Um, how, do we, how, do, how do we grow our ship bigger? Come on. Because I know in this room, some of you are like, man, that's me. Like every little bad thing or negative it affects me so bad i I can't even sleep and i can't even eat sometimes i get so filled with word how do i grow a bigger ship so this waves of life don't affect me all the time do you know what i'm talking about let me give you three ways you ready hey how about more faith how you make your boat to where it doesn't matter what happens in life But you're like, I'm going to keep going straight. I know my destination. I'm not getting seasick. I'm not trying to get off the boat. And that's literally where some of you are because your boat is so small. When the enemy comes and attacks you, you're just like, I got to get off this boat. I feel sick. I feel like I can't do this. I feel like quitting. I feel like like going back to shore. And all the while God's saying, no, 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 no. I don't want you to get off the boat. I want to grow your boat. And how you grow the size of your boat is more faith. You need more faith. You see, the opposite of faith is fear. Somebody say faith. Faith. 
What happened? The opposite of faith is fear. Faith and fear are both beliefs in something that has not happened yet. And yet, isn't it crazy that we give in to fear so much more than faith? I don't know how we're going to make it financially. We're going to lose the house. We're going to lose everything. You just gave in to faith or fear. You had belief. They haven't taken your house yet. You haven't lost your job. You still have breath in your lungs. God still has a purpose for you. God hasn't put a period at the end of the sentence. He just put a comma. Why do we put periods where God puts a comma? Here's what he wants you to know is that you don't have to live by fear. But faith is a powerful thing. Let me illustrate. It's kind of like somebody who on their way to work, they, they get a flat tire in their car and pull over on the side of the road. They're like, oh no, I'm going to be late again. And I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose everything. You just have put faith in fear. You just have believed in something that has not happened yet. You gave in to fear. At the same time, someone else, they could get a flat tire in their car and they pull on the side of the road and they're like, I don't even like this car anyway. I'm just going to leave it right here on the side of the road. Later, I'll call a friend. They'll help me pick it up. You know what they did? They exercised faith. They believed that their friend would do something that they haven't even asked their friend yet, but they have faith that all things are going to work together for my good. You see, you have to develop faith in your life. How do I develop faith? I'm glad you asked. Scripture says this. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You didn't even know it, but as you're sitting here tonight, your faith is being fueled. Your faith come on are you with me your faith is growing god is saying oh i love it that you're here on a sunday night let me just pour some faith into your life you see more faith equals less fear some of you when you've had people leave your life you act like you can't even live your life you begin to be filled with fear well maybe it's me I can't keep friends, and maybe it's me. Maybe it is, but probably not. (laughs) The dating relationships just don't, like, maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe I'm broken. Maybe just, maybe just my design is flawed or or whatever. And what you fail to realize as you were giving into fear that you'll never find and you'll never be, you fail to realize that if you needed that person to get to your destination, they would still be in your life. If God knew you needed them, they'd still be there. But God knew that they wouldn't be there. So apparently you don't need them to get to the destination that you're trying to go. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is God can't do something greater until you're willing to let go of something lesser. But the problem is we want to keep holding on to things that are lesser than God's purpose, lesser than God's plan. So we'll keep holding on to that relationship even though it's keeping you from God's greatest purpose and plan for your life. That's the number one reason why I I see as a pastor, people stay stuck and they stay in a mundane average life. Well, pastor, is there something wrong with that? Yes! Because God never created anyone to be just average and mundane. I'm looking at a room with several hundred planet shakers, world changers, dominators. You were created to dominate. Mm. 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 But we believe the lie. Because what we've believed that what we've lost is greater than what we can gain. Some of you keep looking at all the lost years because you were wild and crazy before you knew Jesus. And you think, man, if I just had my 20s back, if I just had my 30s back, come on, some of y'all are like, if I could just get my 70s back. You know what's amazing is that some people are wishing for their 70s and some of you have quit the dream because you just wish you had your 20s. But it's because you're still holding on to what you lost and you haven't paid attention to what you still have left. I've come here to tell you that if you will just think Thank God for what you still have left. I thank you, God, for today. Today, I can't even give an account for yesterday, but I have today. And today is a good day for a miracle. Today is a good day for a breakthrough. Oh, I wish there were 50 people in this room that would say, God, I know I've lost something, but I'm so thankful for what I still have left. I know they hurt you. I know they cheated on you. But God understood that 
you couldn't get to where he needed you to go with him in your life. But why the pain? Because God will use your pain and turn it into purpose. Meanwhile, meanwhile, instead of us using our pain for purpose, we use our pain and we sit and pout. And we wonder. And we wish. We had done things different. That things looked different. Not even realizing that the power is not even in where you're going. But what are you willing to let go of to get there? (laughs) That was probably the most powerful thing I've said tonight. And it went over 50% of your heads. So many of us have a dream. And you can't get there because of what you're still holding on to. You you see, that's why James says this. James chapter 1. I love it. He says this in chapter 6, or chapter 1, verse 6. But when you ask God, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do you see that? Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave at the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people, what people? People who are divided in their loyalty should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Can I teach for a moment? The reason why you're on your boat called life, and there's always a storm. Don't know what I'm talking about. There's always an issue. Fill in the blank. But the reason why Scripture says that you haven't seen the breakthrough that you need in your life is because you don't have your faith focused on God alone. And he says this, as long as your loyalty is divided, don't expect to get anything from me. Not because he's an angry God. Not because he's mad at you or wants to punish you. But obedience opens the door of blessing. So God says, like a father to a child, it's Christmas. I want to bless you. I want to encourage you. I want to shower you with love, brave church. But I want to be your only daddy. I want to be your only God. I want to be your only focus. But God, I love my friends on Friday night. Well, you can't have all that I have for you. Well, I don't like that about God. Well, try to marry somebody and tell her, hey, baby, I love you so much on Sunday morning. But on Monday... I got another boo thing. Come on, somebody. Are you good with that? How many of that woman's going to say, you crazy? No, 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 no. But but, but listen, man, I'm going to tell you how beautiful you are, how special you are. One and a half hours a week on Sunday. For an hour and a, from 6 p.m. to 7.30, I'm just going to tell you how much I love you, how incredible you are, how special you are. But on Monday, I belong to another girl. God says, I'm a jealous God. And how long are you going to date the world? How many times do they have to abuse you? How many times does the world have to promise you glamour, but it only turns to disaster? How many times are we going, me, 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 how many times are we going to believe the lie? God says this, but if you will put your focus on me, if you'll be undivided in your loyalty, it doesn't mean you'll be perfect, but it means you're loyal. You see, with Christina and I, she can tell you I am not perfect, but I am loyal to that woman. She's my girl. She's my boo. She's my honey. She's my lover. She's my best friend. She's all of that and then some. I'm loyal. And she's loyal to me 
But I get the best out of marriage out of loyalty, not out of obligation. You see, we get the best out of God when we're loyal to him, not because we're made to be loyal to him, but because we choose to be connected to him. Christine and I are going on 15 years of marriage this year, and let me tell you something. We, we, we've entered into one of the best seasons of our marriage ever. Why? Because we made the decision. So, so, so more faith, more, more faith. Saying, God, I, I want more of you. That's why Ephesians 3, verse 16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited, somebody shout unlimited. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. In a culture where we love to focus on the outer man, God says, I'm focusing on the inner man. I don't care how much you can bench press. I want to know how strong is your inner man. Oh, God says, if there's somebody in this room today that you will say, God, will you make me strong from the inside out? I will change the world. I will impact my city. God says, that's the person. I want to bless. How do we make our ship bigger? B is this right thinking. Right thinking. Right thinking. The battle is won or lost in our minds. Some of you slept eight hours last night, but you didn't get any rest because your mind is wreaking havoc on your life. The right thinking, the right thinking, the right thinking is so powerful. Your battle is won or lost by the way you think. Some of you can't turn it off. You're always constantly worrying and stressing and it's consumed. No wonder you can't take more ground. No wonder you can't advance in your calling in your life. No wonder you can't just walk into a level of peace because your mind. It's being consumed by things and junk. Look what scripture says, though, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So what do we do with those thoughts, Pastor? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. I love that Brave Church exemplifies that. I believe it. And we constantly look, how can we do it? We want to just destroy anything that would keep people in Miami from knowing God here at Brave Church. That's why we're not religious. That's why I'm not pretentious. That's why we're real. We're authentic. We're just real. That's why I'm in the lobby and not in the green room after church because people are tired of pastors hanging out in their green rooms. Is he touchable? Is he a snob? Does he think he's a celebrity? Are the people here real? That's why the worship team is in the lobby because they're not musicians performing. They're musicians leading us in worship. No one is a rock star. We're in the same battle you are and we want to get there together. No one in this room is bigger or better than anybody else. People are tired of the celebrity thing, church. Ah! No, 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 no. We are in the same battle, trying to get to the same destination. So scripture says, destroy every obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Someone asked me several weeks ago, Pastor, why don't you wear a suit? Because that will keep people from knowing God. People feel like, can I come in shorts? Yeah, because I'll wear a ripped up jean jacket. That makes religious people mad. I'm like, good. I don't prefer a jean jacket. I actually prefer a suit. I actually look good in a suit. Don't I, Christina? Scale of one to ten. Oh, yeah, there you go. What do we do with those thoughts? Look what he says. Because here, here's the thing. Jason, you can go ahead and come up. Because <laughs> everyone in this room, you have thoughts of you're not good enough. Oh, man, how are we going to get out of this? This is going to be the thing that destroys it. This is going to take us under. I don't know if I can handle the waves any longer. Some of you in your marriage, you're, you're, you seriously can't contemplate. I don't know if I can take it any longer. I don't know if we can do this. I don't know what my kids are. I don't know if I can finish school. I, man, too many classes. Why did I do that again this semester? I don't know if I can finish. And so many of us, we've set out on our journey. And we want to turn the ship around. Because we've believed our thinking. So scripture says this, what you have to do is take captive every thought. We capture those rebellious thoughts. I don't know if I can stay in 
finish brave life. That's a rebellious thought. Yes, you can. I don't know if this situation will ever change. Yes, it can. I've had this addiction, this habit for 20 years. I don't think I'll ever stop. Yes, you will. We've always had poverty. We've always lived paycheck to paycheck. I don't think it'll ever change. Yes, it will. It's a rebellious thought. It's a thought to destroy you. It's a thought to keep you down. It's a thought to keep you limited. God doesn't want you to be a borrower. He wants you to be a lender. And not just monetarily. He wants you to be a lender of joy, of peace, of power. You need some more anointing? I've got some to give you. You need some encouragement? I've got more encouragement for you and you and you. Who needs some? Oh. And those thoughts, I'm going to teach them to obey Christ. I've come here tonight to tell stakes. Yes, you are going to make it. Yes, you are a leader. You are not the sum of your mistakes. You are not the sum in the label of your uh, failures and your habits. You will prosper in Jesus' name. Your kids will prosper in Jesus' name. Your business will succeed. Your dreams will be reached. Why? Because we're going to take captive every single negative thought. So there are times in my car when I drop my kids off and it's quiet because how many of you know when your kids are in your car, it's crazy. We got shoes flying, Cheetos flying, music pumping. Dad, where's my homework? I don't know. It's underneath the seat. The kids are just everywhere. I know yours are perfect and orderly. That, that's just us. But as soon as they get out of the car and the chaos is gone, it's just me alone with my thoughts. And it's the same with you. What we have to learn to do is say, devil, you're not going to feed me that lie anymore. I'm not going to live with that insecurity anymore. Oh, I know that they told you you weren't pretty enough. You weren't smart enough. You weren't educated enough. But that's not what God says about you. Oh, I know that the enemy says, oh, look how many times you've tried God, but you keep going back to your old ways. Why don't you just give in? Why don't you just quit the fight? But God says, oh, no, 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 no. Don't you dare quit on me because I've never quit on you. Don't you understand that there is something greater ahead for you if you will begin to realize that I am I am the head and not the tail that I am the first and I am not the last but I am called and chosen anointed for this time I have an appointment on my life I have a calling and I am chosen I am a son and a daughter of Christ so thoughts you better obey the word of the Lord I've had that same experience in my car sitting at a red light like straight up church in my car. I look over and people are staring at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't care. I've gotten to the place where I don't care what people think anymore. I used to care so much what people think that I would preach one way here, but when I was asked to speak out, I would try to fit what that church style was. And, and I just tell people now when they ask me to come, there, uh, several, several months ago, a guy asked me to come preach. So I just want you to know our style is more like teaching. We really want you to come, but can you adjust your preaching style so it's more teaching? And I said, oh, so you want the revival in the fire that God is spreading at Brave, but you want it to look like what you want it to look like. I just have stopped caring what people think anymore. Like, this is just who I am. This is the way I preach. This is the way I lead. This is the way I love. I, because for so long, I tried to fit into other people's molds because that's what I was taught to be thinking. But now I just say, God, I know you've chosen me and you've called me. And here is who I am. And God, I'll just give it to the world. Some of you just need to quit caring what people think about you. You're sitting here like, man, I wish I could stand up and, and yell like that, but I don't feel it. Why don't you just, man, why don't you just do it? Feelings follow action. How do I make my ship bigger? Here we go. See, how about this one? You've got to guard your heart. Proverbs 4, 23 says, guard your heart. 
above all else because it determines the course of your life. We talked about this in Brave Life today. If you didn't sign up, you didn't hear it. (laughs) Your heart is your compass. Your heart is your navigation system. So scripture says, because it's your compass and your life is a ship, your heart is telling and navigating to your captain where your life is going to go. Some of you, your heart has got you in trouble because you just followed your heart. But that's what all the songs, Pastor, that's what they all say. I mean, aren't they so romantic? It's like, follow your heart. Your feelings are so beautiful. Some of you are listening to Delilah late at night. (laughs) Sebby's like, guilty pastor. You like Delilah, don't you? (laughs) Only to follow that rainbow. And there's no pot of gold. That's why scripture says you've got to guard this thing called your heart. Pastor, how do I guard my heart? Because I feel like I always, I always let people in and I always get hurt. Like, how do I, I'm going to teach you how to guard your heart. Are you ready? Rocket science. Here we go. I'm going to blow your mind. Here's how you guard your heart. You guard your heart by guarding what you put into your ears. Because what you allow into your ears gets into your heart. What you listen to gets into your heart. And what gets into your heart demonstrates itself through your actions. That's why some of you have been in relationships that have been so toxic because someone said, you need to be in a relationship. And so what you listened to went to your heart and you began to ponder it, thinking, yeah, you're right, I'm lonely. I really need a man. I really need a woman. And now your actions have produced pain, but it's all because of what you've listened to. That's why some of us have so much debt because we are inundated. I I believe that I read somewhere that we we see over 80,000 marketing images a day. You've got to be so careful, Brave Church, what you allow into you. What you listen to. That, that's why I like even the music I listen to. I'm very careful with the music that I listen to. Some of you really need to just adjust your station. You, you really do. And I'm not being legalistic, but it's affecting your heart more than you think it does. Because you're sitting at work listening to those love songs all day. And that person saying how that other person makes them feel. And you're like, my husband doesn't make me feel that way. My wife, she doesn't love me like that. And so then the heart begins to wander. And we didn't realize it's because we were just listening to some love songs. Listen to them. I'm not telling you that they're wrong, but I'm just saying, guard your heart as though your purpose depended on it. So now I've even this is just me not you I even have a filter of what kind of worship songs I listen to because not all worship is created equal I want to listen to things that take me to an encounter with Jesus I'm thankful for his grace but man we have more worship songs about grace and how he forgives of our sins more I want to I want to listen to worship songs that take me to the presence of God enough about me in worship can you just worship God in a worship song can we just lift up the king of kings in a worship song can we just I know he's going to help me make it but 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 I know that I just want to know more about God I just want to worship you I want to be in the presence of breakthrough I want to be in the presence of so God I'm going to fill my ears with worship that takes me into an encounter because what happens then is it gets to my heart and when it gets to my heart fire begins to burn anointing
anointing begins to grow authority and all of a sudden I act differently I preach differently I talk differently there's something different about the way I talk and walk oh it has everything to do with what you put in your ears so I've preached I haven't gotten to the end so I'm gonna skip two and three I'm gonna give you the blanks but all the verses are there just ask God for revelation he'll give it to you because I'm gonna end because I'm gonna end here number two is is your boat empty in other words you need people in your boat who have the same fire of God that you do number three is this is it at capacity some of us are like I don't have room for anyone else and that's why you haven't gone to dinner parties because you're like I don't have time listen scripture says this I, I love this I will share this first in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 because some of us are like I don't have time for dinner parties not even realizing that Dinner parties are not an add-on to what we do as a church. You are missing the full experience of Brave if you're not involved in what's happening here. You're you're, you're seriously missing it. Brave life, dinner parties, you're missing it if you don't go. I'm too busy. The kids have got stuff. I, I don't know. I don't have the time. I've got work. Listen, your purpose is all connected to your priorities. Mimi, write that down because I'm going to save that for later. That's good. Look what Galatians says. Share each other's burdens. In other words, come on, do dinner parties. Pray for each other. Take your mask off. And in this way, you're obeying Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you think you're too busy, you think you don't have time, you you don't have enough margin in your life to do church God's way, he says this, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Wow. Oh, we love the word of God when it feels good. How does that shoe fit? crazy he's saying your job's not too that's not too important oh your schedule you're so busy oh okay so oh I can just imagine God going oh you're so important Mr. Businessman the business that I gave you the promotion that I gave oh and so now the promotion has promoted you out of being used in your calling God's like Okay, let's see. Are you at capacity? Come on, I want to encourage someone. Make room in your life to do life with people of God. Here's the last point. I'm going to give it to you. Um, Is your ship a yacht or is it a lifeboat? Two, Two different things. They have the same buoyancy that they both float and they can navigate on water but is your boat a yacht or is it a a lifeboat you know they have these yacht clubs and um, every once in a while when someone can coerce me and trick me into going running I will go running down at South Beach and um, there's this area where it's kind of off the beaten path and it's like where locals are so it's not crazy South Beach vibe and and um, I don't feel like I'm gonna lose my calling by everything that's there and um and and it's this path and there's all these yachts these beautiful yachts alessandro i mean beautiful 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 i mean they've got fancy led lights oh man alex they're beautiful oh they're beautiful and it's so funny on saturday morning these men sit on their yachts they're sitting on their chairs and they got their legs crossed hey joe how you doing? Hey, did you see the new nav system I put? Oh, yeah. She's a beaut. I had someone come polish my boat, my yacht. And these yacht clubs are full of these gorgeous, sleek, fancy boats. Nothing wrong with that. I love it. If someone wants to bless me with one, I'll receive it. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yacht clubs, when they were created, They weren't for old men or old women to sit on their yachts and just, hey, man, look at my yacht. Oh, that's a beauty. Look at mine. Oh, yeah, you got a bigger one. Yeah, mine's bigger. Wow, I guess I need to get. No, it wasn't for comparing and just looking at and admiring. They do boat shows at marinas and stuff. That's not what they were for. They were created because the Coast Guard didn't have enough resource to rescue people. 
And so a group of wealthy people said, why don't we create a club that we can park our boats and whenever the Coast Guard needs a big enough boat to go out into the dangerous water to rescue people, we can go out there and assist in the rescuing of humanity. I think about that and I'm like, where did they lose their mission? To what was once used as a method to rescue humanity is now a place where we sit and we gather and talk about how great things are here in the marina. My question to you is this, are you a yacht or are you a lifeboat? Because scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. My fear is, is that when we needed God, we were all in with God. But now that we're sober, I just want to yacht my boat here in church. And I really don't want to serve. And man, when there was destruction and my marriage was hurting, man, I was all in. But now things are beautiful. And I just want people to look at my yacht and look at my life. But see, God never restored you. He never saved you to sit in a marina or a church. But he saved you for a purpose. He saved you for a reason. He saved you because he said, I want to redeem you. I want to equip you. Oh, are you ready? to go into the water because people outside these walls are drowning so we can never forget brave church as big as God is growing our church and all the great things we do not exist just to be admired on social media just so that people think oh what a beautiful church no 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 this church is not a yacht kind of church this church is a dirty greasy soul winning church send us into the deepest darkest part of the city show me where they are we want to save people we want to serve people Somebody stand to your feet and give God a shout of praise. Come on. You see, when you came in today, I'm done. I got nothing left. This is my sixth service. I've given you everything I have. You came in, you should have received one of these lifesavers. Come on, would you go ahead and take that out? If you didn't get one, or if you ate yours, Some of you are like, oh snap, I ate it. Your wife was like, I don't know if you should eat that. They're going to use that in the... No, babe, just... You're right. Um, We'll give you some more. But it's so important that you leave here with one of these. A A year ago, I gave everyone one of these. And I said, hey, we're called to save people. And this is a life saver. How creative is that? And um, I want you to assign a name, a soul, watch this, a person who will live for eternity. That's how serious, like this, like church, that's how serious, like people are going to spend eternity somewhere. Did you know that? I know we don't like to talk about, there's heaven, there's a hell, both are real. And it is our job to say, God, we're surrounded by, with all of our services, a couple thousand people. Let me tell you, 6 p.m., this is our last service. People are fired up to save people this week. God, send me out into the city. I want you to assign a name to this. Maybe it's John. Maybe it's Jose. Maybe it's Martha. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's a co-worker, a family member, your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, your parent. Your, I, I don't know who it is, but I want you to assign a name to this. And I want you to pray every single day. God, would you save them? Would you, would you cause them to come to Brave Church? Because here's what I know. Some of you are like, well, I can't preach a message. Great. You can invite them and I can preach too. And people every single week are bringing their family and friends and loved ones and co-workers. And they're watching their friends give their life to Jesus. I'm just saying, let's be strategic about it. Now listen, some of you, you still have yours from last year. You're like, man, I'm still believing. That's cool. This year is the year of double portion. Come on. Two in one year. Let's go. But almost every single week since last year, people come up to me in the lobby. Pastor, today, 
I ate my lifesaver. Today I ate my lifesaver. We get messages. Today I ate my lifesaver because the person I've been praying for, they gave their life to Jesus. So here's what I'm saying. Hold on to this lifesaver until they say yes. Keep inviting until they say yes. Come on, we ought to empty the tables with invites until they say yes. Brave men ought to be packed. What a great invitational tool, guys, to get all your friends there. They're not coming to see a preacher. They're seeing a mob boss. What? And when you invite them, they give their life to Jesus. I want you to throw yourself a lifesaver party and eat your lifesaver and then start over again. You know why? Because God, my life needs to be intentional that I am called to save people. Somebody needs to thank God that he has called us and trusted us to do his work. Come on, would you pray with me? It's like someone asked me after the first service, Pastor, do you have a name for yours? Yeah. This belongs to Angel. He's my barista at Starbucks. He was there this morning. I got in my car and got here and my assistant Mimi, she gave me this lifesaver. As soon as she gave it to me for the first service, I said, God, this one's for Angel. Every single, he didn't even know it. While he's brewing my coffee, something else is brewing on the other side. That was so cheesy. Sorry. Had to go there. I'm tired. Come on, would you take your lifesaver? Or if you ate it, pretend you're holding one. <laughs> Jesus, only in Miami. I love it. Cause our faith to God today we refuse to be led by fear. Cause our faith to grow. We serve the God where nothing is impossible. God, I pray that we would have more faith leaving here. I pray, God, that we would change the way we think, that we would think on things of you. We will think on what your word declares and promises. God, we just thank you so much, God, that we're going to We're going to grow the size of our ship so that no matter what comes our way, God, we will not lose our focus. God, tonight we recommit to be undivided in our loyalty to you. Nothing else, God, is going to take your place. And God, if something else has to be cut out of our life to make time for you, I pray we would have the courage to do it, God. What else could we possibly lay our lives down for that is better in building your kingdom by having our family involved in building your kingdom and God tonight man we commit these lifesavers I thank you the angel's name is attached to this lifesaver and I declare that he will be saved that he will know you that God even though he admits that he doesn't believe in you you believe in him God and you're going to change him you're going to send revival to him I pray for friends and family members in this room and I pray for salvation and thank you God for sending us out into the waters to rescue humanity thank you you've called us to be a lifeboat and we give you praise in Jesus mighty name amen and amen come on somebody give God some praise here today thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church for more information or to get in touch with us visit us at bravemiami.com